Hello, 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 and welcome to Tease Me. This is a podcast about the intersection of golf, business, and life. And occasionally we'll drop some gems on networking and just how that makes your life better. Because knowing more than one person is actually a good thing. It is a fierce female Friday, the last Friday of Women's History Month. And on this episode of Tease Me, we have Copper Cunningham. Copper Cunningham is a retired educator in the New York City Department of Education. She's an actor, writer, and photographer. As a child growing up in Chicago, Copper was encouraged to explore a wide range of activities, including horseback riding. She became an equestrian and loves horses, and now she also loves golf. Copper came to New York and was encouraged to become a model, and she became an actor. After a career in film and modeling, she went back to school to pursue a master's of education at Long Island University. She wanted to make a difference, and for 24 years, Copper worked for District 75, teaching children with extreme special needs. A few years before retiring, Copper decided to try golf and fell in love with it. Even after retirement, Copper continues to work in the schools and help make a difference with children that benefit most from her attention. Copper is a member of SAG-AFTRA, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and the LPGA Amateur Golf Association of New York City. So for all you beginner golfers, Copper is proof that you can start playing whenever you are ready. And you can have fun with anyone, but it's all up to you. Thank you, Copper, for joining me on this podcast. I'm really excited to be talking to you. And so you and I, we met at the LPGA New York City chapter event. And I can't exactly remember which one, but what I remember most is you had... um, a blinged out hat on. And from then I knew that like, you were like my favorite person. So copper, please tell me, (laughs) I knew it right then and there. Um, copper, please tell me, um, you know, how did you end up at that event and and what got you into golf? Well, it's really interesting because, um, I have an aunt and, and several cousins that play golf. And they've been trying to get me to play golf forever. And it was, no, I'm into scuba diving. I'm into horseback riding. But, you know, it was so, um, now this is going to sound just kind of hokey, but with uh, Tiger Woods, you know, his success, and then more than his success, when he started really having a hard time, but how he stayed with it and persevered uh and uh i have had um you know different physical challenges because i've been into you know horseback riding and and uh, uh sometimes the horse jumped and i didn't and sometimes i jumped and the horse didn't and and um but golf is something that um i can do and it's gentle and it's challenging, and in and you meet great people like yourself. Because I remember when when we met um, at that cocktail party, and you know the best places in New York to have cocktail parties. And I, I've met some really interesting women that uh, are you know uh, with the LPGA. I I really have enjoyed myself, and I'm a work in progress. So I love to challenge myself to be, you know, better and to have fun. So that's where I am with golf. And then it also helps in terms of flexibility. It, um, 
makes me see what I need to do with my trainer to be better at golf. And it, it really uh, focuses me on being more fit and more flexible so I can be better at my golf game. I'm a lifelong learner. And as long as um, I play, I, I want to get better. And I find that um, a trainer um, in terms of, you know, a golf pro can see what I need to do and can tweak me so I can be better and I can see the growth. So I think that it's important for me. I mean, everybody doesn't have the same philosophy, but as long as I'm playing golf, I will definitely be taking lessons because I want to just get better and better. You know, until I have what I call a good solid game. One of the things that I find interesting, you said you're a trainer. Okay, when I'm talking about my trainer, I'm I'm talking about uh, my trainer at the health club. Right, well, I told him, you know, I'm not uh, twisting the way I need to twist. I'm not turning the way I need to turn. But, of course, when I started with him, I had had a few serious... uh, horseback riding accident so I could barely walk so he had to take me a long way and um, he works with me on flexibility he works with me on endurance so whatever issues I tell him I'm having with golf he will have some exercises to help strengthen that area, either give me more flexibility or he'll suggest different things I can do for better endurance. Um, And uh, so I I can see progress, you know, which which is of vital importance to me, progress. You know, I told him um, until they say dust to dust, ashes to ashes, I'm going to have, you know, my my instructors and my trainers and I'm going to do everything I can do to be as physically fit as I can be. Okay, okay. I don't want to hear dust to dust, ashes to ashes, but yes, I understand what you're saying here. <laughs> Um, you know, the other thing that's very interesting, so tell me more about your backstory. What are some of the things that you've done before you started playing golf? In Chicago, um, they had horseback riding in um, Washington Park. And my mother uh, signed me up uh, when I, I guess I was about five. And it was really interesting because I remember sometimes those horses look so big and scary. And it was a trainer with the whip that had my horse doing what it was supposed to do because all I was doing was screaming on top of the horse. But I wore the cutest little habit. But after a while and I got the hang of it, I just loved it. I mean, I just felt like one with the horse. But um, horseback riding is very challenging. I mean, I've had a horse buck and rear and you know, run off and all kinds of stuff. My foot got caught in the stirrup and I was drug over some logs. It was, you know, but I still get back on and have a great time. And I I was in Egypt and I, I rode an Arabian in the desert to a dance club called Sahara City. That was one of the highlights. And um, and I took ballet in Chicago and swimming. I'm a certified scuba diver. So um, I've done a lot of athletic things. When I first came to New York, 
I was going to study fashion design for a year, and I had interviewed at University of Michigan Law School. But everybody was saying to me, oh, you should model, you should model, you should, you know, model, et cetera, et cetera. So then I got sidetracked and I got into modeling and I got into acting and I, and in fact, I get a, a pension in Screen Actors Guild and uh, after American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, I did lots of commercials, uh, voiceovers and, and a few films. Um, I was in Taxi Driver um, and uh I mean, it was just, I had a cover of Essence and a cover of Savvy and lots of national campaigns uh, for Calvert Extras, Newport Cigarettes, et cetera. Um, and uh, it was fun. You know, I enjoyed myself. I met some interesting people. And then I felt I wanted to give back um, because I had such a good time and I, I just felt so blessed. So I decided I wanted to work with um, severely emotionally disturbed children uh, in the New York City public school system. And I went back and I got my master's degree in that, in learning disabilities. And I, I taught in District 75, which is a district uh, that's in all five boroughs, but it's the most severe cases of, of uh special education children, you know, so I've taught every population, including the deaf and the blind and every age, because I also taught early intervention from 17 months to 22 years old. Um, I taught some students uh, that were spit out of Rikers with monitors on their ankle. Um, and that was just very, very rewarding for me. So I really enjoyed that. And um, I mean, I kind of missed it. So I, I do a little part-time uh, work now with uh, special kids uh, at a, a little school in uh, Washington Heights uh, four days a week. Not full-time, um, but total retirement was kind of uh, boring for me, even though I was doing lots of classes and whatever. I kind of miss working with the children. There's something really precious about special needs children. Wow, you are truly a blessing. I think that there's this moment where you think about all of the good people in the world and you, you get, I wonder if we're fortunate enough to meet as many as possible. And when you do, it's such a it's such a, a a ray of light and a beacon of hope to know that there are good people out there and there are selfless people like yourself that are thinking of others and looking to influence and impact and shape someone who might have been previously disregarded. So that is just it's just a powerful, beautiful thing. And you know, I what I find about your energy and your spirit and it's just so joyous and vibrant and like how does that translate when you get onto the golf course? And what do you feel like? Because I know that there are a lot of people, and I don't know if the people that are listening are um, thinking about retirement right now. Maybe they're thinking about it later, maybe way later, maybe soon. I don't know. But what I do know is they know someone that's retired and they know someone that might benefit from picking up golf because they have so much more free time. 
what are some of the things that you learned or that you found? I mean, you have a bubbly personality, but in addition to that, um, picking up golf since you've done that. Well, I, I feel it's very meditative and the golf course is just so beautiful and, and being surrounded in that kind of beauty and there's a peace and a calm. And for me, I'm a little different because I have a blast and a good time, whether I hit a great shot or I hit what I call a clump clunker or the bumper shot where the ball just bumps along the ground. I mean, I just enjoy it. And I, you know, my goal is to have a good time as opposed to have a good score. So, um, and I've met people that, that are very inspiring in the sense of really have their, you know, their focus, their, you know, uh, they're civic minded, they're intellectual, um, uh, and that I find it very stimulating. I mean, I really enjoy it. And they're also very encouraging. Um, I think one of the things about golf is, um, you know, people are con- really, you know, concerned with the etiquette of golf. And so you find people very courteous and encouraging and positive which I like. Um, I haven't met any people that I, I, you know, that, that play what I call killer golf, you know, where they're out there and, oh, my goodness, if they don't get this or if they don't get that. I mean, most of the people that I meet are just sort of uh, leisurely uh, players, and I enjoy that a lot. And then it's it's great exercise, you know, um, and um and people are very tolerant and and very, I I um the last couple of years um I took part in uh, uh a golf tournament um in eastern Pennsylvania uh Larry Holmes golf tournament Hearts of a Legend and uh he was heavyweight champion of the world and he has uh People, other heavyweight champions, Michael Sinks, and uh, several football players and basketball players that come in from all over the country, and they raise money for underprivileged children and uh, children that have, you know, d- different issues, which I just think is wonderful. Um, and I just have a great time, and I. I meet new people, and uh, I I just I, I just have a I have a blast with golf. I mean, it, it's it. My aunt tried to get me to start playing because I I really I started playing only maybe what four years before I retired, and she tried to get me to play as a teenager, and I wouldn't have it. I was scuba diving, and I was horseback riding. But if I had started playing then, oh, my goodness gracious. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. And, yeah. and now I'm having a time. <laughs> There's a time for everything. But talk more about the exercise. Because I think one thing that people are often concerned about is whether they have the athleticism. And it sounds like you're a bit of a natural athlete. But 
for the person that's never really done any activities outdoors, but knows that they need to move to do something, why, like, is it easy to pick up or should they, like, prep? I think think it's easy to pick up if you, you know, if you have a pro, somebody giving you lessons. I think it's important. And I don't consider myself like a natural athlete at this point because I'm so stiff from the time, you know, falling off the horses. I mean, I have my blue ribbons and my my red ribbons, et cetera. But, you know, I'm like stiff. And so, but I find that, you know, with the golf exercises and um, and playing golf, you just feel better and better. The more physical you are, the definitely the better you feel. And I don't think you have to be that athletic to uh, play golf, but you need a good pro to let you, to show you how you can compensate for what you can do and what you can't do, you know, um, and, and be the best at golf that you can be. But I think golf is for everybody. Well, it definitely is because there are a lot of people with disabilities that play golf. And um, so I, I think that um, everybody can play golf. I think it's important, though, um, when you're older to warm up and do your stretches, um, which is important for any uh, physical activity. But um, I, 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 I just love it. I, I love it. And I, I'm looking forward to being better and better at it. Uh, we totally bonded over that love of golf. I, I think that <laughs> this is your passion for it. I'm like, yes, I am passionate too. Um, what I also recognize is that you, know, you really have a, a great way about meeting people. Do you want to share any like ideas and tips and tricks for people that might be a little shy but are willing to explore golf by themselves because they might not have found a community yet and they're still trying to navigate how do I get into this? And they might not necessarily want to or be accustomed to just talking to strangers. It's so interesting because um, depending where you go, um, there are more people that are, are open. One of the places I went to upstate, it seemed like the first few years, nobody really spoke to me, but I didn't care. I mean, I just went and had my lessons with the pro. And then after, you know, a few years and, you know, people opened up, but uh, organizations like the LPGA, I, like if you find uh, organizations that are near you um, and you can Google that to find out and they have mixers and going to the mixers and, and just, you know, Take a chance. Look for a smiling face. Smile and somebody that smiles back at you, you, you know, go over and say and introduce yourself, you know. Um, and it just takes one or two people. You don't have to work the room. Just, you know, make connections with one or two people. And uh, before you know it, um, you'll have a few more people. So I think it's just like taking the chance. And then I always say, if if you don't know anybody, come early, you know, come early, maybe a little bit before it starts. And then you're one of the original people 
and it's really easier to mix um, when you come early to an event as opposed to the middle, you know, when people have already found their groupings. And just think one or two people, just one or two connections, and then you won't freak yourself out. I love that. That's that's probably the best advice, and it works for anything. It's a really good yeah. tip. Now, for people that don't know anything about horseback riding, what, like, if I just wanted to be able to have small talk and be able to tell someone that I knew a little bit of something, just a little itty-bitty bit, what are, like, some of the terms or some of the concepts that are important? Like, I know about the Preakness, and I know about, um, what, Belmont Stakes, but that's all I really know about horses. I think only if you're really interested in in it. I just, you know, happen to be interested, more interested in riding horses than, than you know, just, you know, going. But I do want to go to the Kentucky Derby one day and wear one, one of my big hats. I, I, I enjoy that. So that's on, that's in the bucket list. That's definitely on the bucket list. On the bucket list. Got it. And so I had asked that question, not because um, – I just know that I sit and I watch golf and I'm no pro. So when I watch the game, when I watch people play, I'm thinking about things that I don't do or that they do or that I could pick up and potentially try to use like some of the tips and the tricks that they're, um, they don't know. They don't necessarily give tips and tricks, but some of the strategies that they're using to get out of difficult lives. And I just wondered if, you know, as a person that rode horses or equestrian, if you are watching those professional races and you ever were thinking about techniques, but I digress because that's not really a relevant context, but I was curious. That's why. I- well, but, but then it's dressage, you know, like I, you know, I, as opposed to watching the horse races, I'll, you know, what I would do because when I, I did some eventing, it was like dressage where you almost like make the horse dance to the music. So I'll watch that. You know, if that comes up and, and see, and, and they have, you know, different types of, of horses, you know, the Irish hunter, the Arabian is like small, I love the Dutch warm blood. I mean, different, you know, types of, uh, of uh, horses that, that's different than, um, um, just, you know, watching the, uh, the races and you were talking about, you know, the, the major, the Preakness, the Belmont and the, um, Kentucky Derby, you know, um, um, all of that is, you know, just very exciting. I wonder if we should be doing like a golf trip at slash Kentucky Derby outing, like let's go to play golf somewhere in Kentucky and then go to the Derby. That sounds like it would be really fun. Yeah, that would be fun. And that's a lot of money, but you've gone to Scotland, so that's a lot of money, too. So, <laughs> yes. so, These golf destination so, uh, trips are not for the timid. They are, they are heavy on the pocketbook. They totally are. But you know what? If if the, the winter golf schools wouldn't be that bad, you know, um, uh, and they sent a, a survey uh, before um, – and I, I was saying, like, I would like a like a winter weekend golf school. That would be, you know, something interesting to do. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I really feel that learning is so important, and and that with golf, it's so helpful to have, you know, tune ups. 
you know, especially if you play irregularly. And I haven't, you know, uh, been as consistent as I plan to be this year. You know, just carving out that time and planning to be consistent. Absolutely. So do you have any particular golf goals for 2020? Yes. Play more. Okay. (laughs) Definitely play more. I want to play more, you know, um, and then, you know, finding um, a pro in the city uh, as well as um, the, the pro that I worked with in the country, he retired. So, um, but someone close, so it's just not much of a schlep, you know, or a hassle uh, getting there. You know, and uh, I, but I, I feel it's so important to have, you know, a, a good pro that that works with you where you can see your progress. You know, but I, I, I truly love golf. I just, I love it. You know, do you remember just, when you fell in love with it? Do you know what what that moment was where, or when that moment was when you recognized that you really like this sport and you're willing to keep going? When I uh, hit the ball and it went, you know, for me, it was a lot, you know, uh, about 150 yards or whatever. I mean, I hit like this beautiful shot and it was like, okay, I I like this. I love this. Because when I first started, I was just determined no matter what. I mean, I would swing that golf club 50 times and that ball would be right in the same spot. And the pro, um, he didn't laugh at me, you know, he did not laugh at me. And that's why I, I'll adore him forever. I'd swing it and it would be right there, right there, wouldn't move a muscle, you know, but uh, when I hit and then went about 150 years, I was like, yes, this is it. I love this sport. Well, I, I want to thank you for always being so inspirational, so positive, you know, so caring and such a cheerleader. I mean, um, and not just with me, with so many people, because I've seen you, um, you know, on the course and I've seen you at the different cocktail parties and you're absolutely lovely. You're just a joy. And, and, uh, we need more people that are like you that spread joy. So thank you for being who you are and what you do. Oh, it's so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Copper, I, I appreciate your time today and I hope the audience has had a, uh, an opportunity to hear about your journey and your story. And that makes them a little bit more excited about playing. If they weren't playing, hopefully they'll start. And if they are playing, So keep going and keep playing. There you have it, folks. That concludes our Fierce Female Fridays for Women's History Month. You know, it's really amazing how fast the month flew by. There's a saying that the days are long, but the years are short. I think the months are short, too. I've gotten to read a lot of books. I've watched some television, which is a very new occurrence for me, listened to some new podcasts, and thought about you all. What other information could I share with you? I'm really excited about the next few episodes we have coming. I'm also excited about golf. 
and getting back onto the golf course. I'm excited about slow play, and I promise I'll never be impatient ever, ever, ever again, just so that I can enjoy being outside more. All right, tune in next time for Tease Me.